Hey guys, it's Candace and Christina, and we are back with another episode of Wine and Takeout. Hey guys, we missed y'all. Did you miss us? We hope so. Well, hey, <laughs> we're back. <laughs> um, we are back. This is episode 10. We're in the double digits now. Okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yes. And August is wrapping up and we're heading into September. New I month. didn't even realize that this is Labor Day weekend. I know. I, you know what? I remember Labor Day weekend when I was in my early 20s. I was actually on somebody's plane, going to somebody's island. And now that that is not my reality anymore, it's really hitting me. It's affecting me right now. I mean, traveling during any holiday weekend or week, it's always the most money to spend to get on them planes to be at somebody island to be in a hotel and on somebody's beach i just never understood taking all of those funds and dedicating it to one place that will be five hundred dollars during a holiday weekend and the next week it's a hundred fifty dollar ticket oh definitely there was no logic behind that i was just (laughs) young and wild and okay where are we going where's the group trip and i miss those days of not really having to think about you know responsibilities and you know just living life you know when you're living home rent free you can do whatever the heck you want to do so i miss those days yeah i guess that's all good i mean you can still travel on a budget there's always those flight alerts if you sign up for google alert or alert through you know JetBlue or whatever your favorite airline is there's still ways you can travel okay okay all right But anyway, yeah. So this is Labor Day weekend. What are your plans? What are you doing? Well, I didn't even know it was Labor Day weekend. I'm just like, okay, September is here and I should be more prepared for it. Why? Because it's my birthday month. Oh, happy early birthday. Thank you. (laughs) And why do I celebrate a whole month of a celebration? Well, my birthday is at the end of the month September 30th so you know that Green Day song wake me up till September ends I don't know if y'all know that song but that song to me is like that's like my theme song because my birthday comes at the end of the month so guess what I'm gonna be doing everything and anything every single weekend or now that you know I got a lot more time on my hands I'm gonna throw in some getaways in between the week and some spa days and just pampering myself preparing for my Jesus year yes you deserve it girl and let me tell y'all Christina this girl travels, okay? She does not play games, okay? <laughs> if she's in the mood, she will book her a flight and she will be out. That's so right. I know this month is going to be major for you. That's yes. what's up. I am starting it off with a nice little paint and sip in Harlem with my girlfriend. We're going to be lit. They got an open bar, whole thing going on. So that's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. And then I guess Labor Day, you know, here in New York City, we have a thing called the West Indian Day Parade. It's been going on for, I think, over... 40 years at least by now and the night before you have juve which growing up in brooklyn they always said you got beef with somebody do not go to juve because it has always been an unsafe pre-dawn celebration although it's you know derived from the caribbean culture where oil and powder is being thrown around and people are dancing and having a good time and it's supposed to be a celebration but over the years the gangs unfortunately took that night as a moment of revenge and it's just been really dangerous so every year you know they put the alert out for people to be safe and to make sure that they that they're not like you know 
putting themselves in harm's way, but every year something happens. Every year. You know, I remember, I'm from Brooklyn. I grew up in, you know, in between Crown Heights and Bed-Stuy. Oh, so, right there. Yeah, like, we were, like, on Ralph Avenue where the parade really gets popping mm. at, and then it just goes all the way down Eastern Parkway. And I remember Juve. Juve was just like, so I'm 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 American, so I have no connection, but Oh, you're regular black? Exactly. <laughs> so all, all of my friends would go and it would be like you would have your outfit, you mm-hmm. it would be a big deal. You know, I, I obviously couldn't dress up because I had no country to represent. But I, I would go with my little Jordans, my little cute little Labor Day <laughs> outfit, you know. But yeah, it's definitely not safe and I would not. I, I don't know. I just. I definitely wouldn't recommend it if you live like on that strip and you want to go outside and you know peek outside your window. Cool, but actually traveling and getting in the mix, like you taking a risk right there. But Juve particularly. I mean, then you got the West Indian Day Parade where all the floats and all the different people in their carnival outfits come through. And my people, I'm half. Bajan and half Guyanese so like those floats are always so vibrant and they're so beautiful and the Trinidadians come through and they always a sea of people the Haitians come through there a sea of people Grenadians and then I have to giggle because the St. Thomas people they're American don't let them tell you that but they come through strong too <laughs> um you know we got Africans that come through I mean it's just amazing and besides from all the different floats and all the people and the culture the food girl I know, girl. Let me tell you, I love jerk chicken, okay? I love spicy hot Mm. food, and I feel like only during Labor Day weekend can I get that real authentic. It's been roasting Mm. on the grill forever. Like, Mm. I want my chicken to be burnt. Oh, my God. It got to be burnt. (laughs) The blacker, the better. Oh, my God. You better put that sauce on it where it's just burning my tongue. Mm. God, you like that dry chicken? The rest of that stuff, I don't care about. You could keep the roti. You could keep all that other stuff. I do not get the hype about roti. I do not get it. I done tried every concoction, and it's just like, okay. Girl, it's like a bland you, sandwich. Uh-uh. That means you didn't get it from the right place. Oh, I went my to gosh. all the places. I went to that place on Utica Avenue that people hype up. And I just feel like it's just, it's too much starch. You know, it I, it's just, it ugh, I don't get, I, it's not nasty, but it's not amazing. I don't understand why people be like wilding over freaking roti. Roti is good. It gets you a double you got to get it from the right people. I mean, come on now. I love I me some know. oxtail. Give me the meat. Give me the freaking <laughs> meat. Y'all can keep hold the bread. I love my festival. I love my pudding. I had festival in Jamaica. Okay. Okay. And I went, yes. I've had it in Montego Bay. And? and I love it. There you it's go. Good. Very it's good. good. I mean, I, again, it's it's great, but it, do I crave it? No. It's, oh. I Again, I don't get the hype. It, it, it That lacks flavor. <gasps> I feel like they need to put some, it should either be super sweet and sugary or it should be like, a bread for like a side I don't know it is a side yeah it's a side side. but it's not I don't get the hype again I don't have the palate okay and then what about the sweets I love me a sugar cake I love me some pone I like me some you know there's so many things when I was eating pork man get me some pudding in sauce Get me some cuckoo with some salt fish. <laughs> Girl, there are so oh, many. Oh, salt fish and ackee and all that stuff you yeah. eat too? Okay. Yes. My that, friend loves everything. that. Some yeah. pepper sauce on the side. Again, I'll eat it. I don't get the hype. 
girl. I grew up on it. I love my peas and rice. There's now actually that a, I love. There's a place on Nostrand and Lincoln Place called Culpepper. It's a Bajan restaurant. Mm-hmm. They, for some reason, they, you know when you go to a Jamaican restaurant and sometimes the rice be like, mad dry like at golden mm-hmm. crust they are like notorious for this dry rice sometimes mm-hmm. you gotta ask for the extra oxtail gravy for your chicken piece mm-hmm. but at Pepper, for some reason their rice no matter what time of the day you go there it is so moist and so delicious mm-hmm. i have always enjoyed Pepper's rice shout out to Pepper. okay now Pepper slide us that good check <laughs> right just gave you a nice little plug or give us a free like coupon for a meal or i'm something. telling you because let me tell you there's not many beijing restaurants flying around mm-hmm. in the five boroughs like right. brooklyn has a lot of them but compared to Jamaican restaurants they're far and none it's sad too because I live in Jersey and there's one Jamaican restaurant I live nearby and to me it's just a disgrace I'm like this is not the jerk chicken is so mild I'm like this is not jerk chicken okay my my tongue should be itching (laughs) you know what I'm saying something is wrong here Mm. but yeah, I, m- I miss that authentic Caribbean food that Brooklyn used to bring me. Yeah, I mean, I still go back for certain things, and I'm still trying to discover my part of Jersey. I actually learned that Hackensack used to be called Barbados. Barbados? Mm-hmm. Are you serious? It was spelled in a different way, where it was pronounced Barbados. Why? I don't know. I'm still researching. But there's a church around here that has the Beijing flag hanging up and everything with the other, you know, countries that's represented in the community. And I'm like, really? And I, I heard a bunch of people in Target in another aisle and I heard that accent. I was like, ooh, they must be from St. Michael. And, you know, and I'm just like, wow. But um, I love my culture. I love my people. Sometimes they can get on my nerves. They can be sometimes classified as rude or, you know, overbearing and loud. <laughs> But listen, the music. I want to hear food. your Caribbean accent, okay? You do? Yeah, I want to hear it because I've known <laughs> you for almost a decade and I've never heard it. Like, I want to, if you real, I want to hear it. Go ahead and say something. Really? You're going to put me on the spot yes, right now? Yes, do it. <sighs> say, hello, everybody, in, in your little twang. I want to hear it. Hello, everybody, in the. <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. I'm trying to This think. is a test, y'all. Let's see if she really about it. Oh, my gosh. You really got me on the spot right now. Like, I'm getting high. Like, why did I? How did I was not prepared? Okay, I could do it. What's, what accent you going to throw I out? I could do my little Jamaican a- accent. Because I, I, I really feel like I, I went to Jamaica about... I've been there like four or five times. And you know an accent. I know, yes. They have like this dictionary where they show you what all the words mean. This and is hilarious. Different things. <laughs> your I-R-I or whatever it's called. Irie. Irie. <laughs> and, 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 girl, you, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember right now. But mm-hmm. yeah, I know the sayings. Okay. But go ahead. I want, I want to hear you say it. Okay, y'all. She being a punk right now. I am. It might come out while we speak now because I'm okay. like, really? I got to throw it out real yes. quick. Maybe we, we're, we'll address something that's real hot to see if she going to, you know, get out there and just, you know, start rambling and stuff like it, that. It comes out when it feels like it. <laughs> it does. It does. Yes. But moving on. Yes. You know, this is my favorite part of the podcast where we talk about the topics we covered on the site this week. Um, hey, hope you stuff. guys have been paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, we covered a lot. Um, one thing I kicked off the week with um, talking about Jamel Hill's situation with ESPN mm-hmm. and how that just came to a head this week with her um, 
reportedly receiving a buyout from the company. It's like a $6 million buyout or something like that. Yeah. And um, I kind of took a spin on it with, you know, her, you know, not being in alignment with the company and how the values of the company didn't match her values. And um, when there's that rift there, you do have to make a choice and a decision. And I think we've all been there. I know I've been there Mm -hmm. with, you know, different companies I work with. Um, I'll just put out a very personal thing. When I used to work for the New York Post, I loved the company. I loved the people. But the representation of what the company put out there wasn't in line with what I believed in. You know, when we ran that cartoon of the monkey with President Obama, the whole correlation and their explanation of it. It was just like, no, mm-hmm. this this is not this is not right. This is not what I agree with. And when you feel like you're being compromised, you have to take a second look and see like, OK, do I want this to be my legacy? Do I want to be a part of this legacy? Do I want um, years down the line to explain to my kids that, OK, this is what I was a part of. This is the product we put out. Like those are all questions you have to ask yourself. And I think going back to her situation you know, she 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 was riding with Colin Kaepernick. She's like, look, man, this man is being as peaceful as he as he can be and describing, um, you know, all of the wrongs that are, you know, being done to people of color, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that the NFL is basically saying, no, you don't have a right to protest. That that's a problem, you know, like that's the biggest stage for him as an athlete to to kind of like voice his concerns and opinions. And he's doing it in the most respectful manner. And what y'all do, y'all just like um, cast him aside. And um, she she really held true to that statement. She even the president even attacked her on social media. And, you know, her company wasn't backing her up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, deuces. Big and better is coming. And, you know, you're right about that. But, unfortunately, when you sign contracts with companies to be their spokesperson, you have to, unfortunately, take a step back. And your personal opinions, unfortunately, cannot be put out there on a social media platform or even if you do a speaking engagement with a bunch of college kids because you never know who's recording and then your opinion will be put out there for your employer to hear the next day and it goes viral like oh did you hear what such and such said about but doesn't her company feel such and such and when it comes to the NFL or any sports team those athletes in my opinion, are herded like cattle and sold off like they're slaves. Pretty much. They're being, you know, measured and weighed and seeing how fast they can run and catch this ball. And from what I remember in this month, the um, owner of the Cowboys pretty Mm -hmm. much told the world, like, don't expect none of my players to be doing none of that protesting. (laughs) It's almost like, oh, Okay, Massa, right. you just going to tell me how to feel, how to be, how to, you know, now my whole life is compromised for a check. Yeah. And at some point when you are analyzing yourself and you're looking back, like you said, as you felt what you felt when the um, Obama cartoon was um, published back in 2008 at the New York Post, you have to look back and say, did I stand up for my rights? Are my kids going to be proud of me? Am I going to be proud of myself for right. being a part of this type of thing? Mm-hmm. When does contracts, money, and your personal everything, you know, when does that come to, when that comes to head, you have Mm -hmm. to come up with a decision and decide for yourself, am I going to be waking up tomorrow, proud of myself or not? See, the thing about, before we move on, the thing about this whole thing is that 
she's an actual personality. It's her job to weigh in on topics. And you could not escape the topic of these protests. It it, it was in baseball. It was in basketball. It was everywhere. everywhere. So it's her job to weigh in on it and to provide an analysis. And what she said was not disrespectful to the network. It wasn't disrespectful to the sport either. It was just saying, basically, I salute these players for doing this. And the message got misconstrued by the people who are controlling it because they don't want to admit that the root of this is to to protect their racist fan base. Hmm. That's what it that's what it all boils down to because it's like, okay, Black Lives Matter kicked this off and now you're taking it and you're you're moving it closer to what we where we are and they have to protect their their fan base, you know? And again, with the president, he's constantly just misconstruing the message as well. And they feel personally attacked. They feel like, okay, are you calling me a racist? Because I don't agree with that or whatever. And again, ESPN, she has, she's been speaking out about topics about from race to just everything for years. Yeah. This is nothing new. It's very true. You know, it's just that we have a new person in charge who has a new, you know, flock of people who are, you know, in, in large number now. So it's like, okay, um, you have to leave because now our money is being affected. You know, the the viewers stop watching. And th- th- that happened with everything. You know, when they, when they see that, okay, we're seeing both sides of the coin, we see that Black Lives Matter, the movement is, is pushing forward, people are quick to say, well, I'm not going to buy your newspaper anymore mm. because you're writing this or you're, you're promoting this report or whatever. And again... That's what that's what we shouldn't do as um, as media. Mm-hmm. You know, we shouldn't be so limited in our view to appease the people on top. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, hey, you know, it's time for her to just move on. Yeah, she'll be fine. She, she will told, be fine. She's having an interesting season. I wonder in her shoes, does she feel like she's having a bad season? I think she's having a great season. Mm-hmm. She's looking at that check. She's like, you know what? I'm laughing all the way to the bank. Mm-hmm. And when I get ready to start working again, I will. Yeah. But she's a very smart person. And she, I'm pretty sure she has her ducks lined up. She's good. Yeah. She's good. So contracts um, are really something. Yes. Up. Speaking of contracts, (laughs) um, another topic that I was lucky to cover this week was about contracts. Um, I just started noticing the whole trend of entrepreneurship and how everybody is just like jumping on it now, either by force, but by being laid off or, you know, not being able to find that job that they want. They're creating their own jobs and own careers. And, Mm -hmm. um, the thing about it though, is if you are operating any type of company or business or whatever, you should have a strategy for how you employ people. I don't care if it's like a photographer that you're hiring, a writer, if you're hiring a lawyer, whoever, you need to have um, a contract strategy. So you guys should read that article. I actually featured two amazing um, female business owners that I just, I'm just in awe of. One, um, she's actually my sorority sister. And she graduated from um, UNCG a few years before I graduated from Livingstone. And she jumped into the real estate game. And now she owns her own firm. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, 34 years old. She has employees. And she's selling these, like, 
amazing houses and um she just really broke it down another person was erica she has her own photo photography business and she does these amazing out of this world photo shoots and she's like in such high demand and um she talked about her business and how she uses contracts and you guys should definitely read that even if you are like on the employee level if you're a contractor if you're a freelancer you should definitely understand um these measures that you need to put in place to protect yourself i mean can't contracts get a little kind of like muddy especially if you have a friend who does a certain thing that you need you know what that's why you gotta have the contract written in your favor you know people Mm -hmm. feel that sometimes we're lazy and we don't do the footwork Mm -hmm. and if something is you know put in front of you you might feel compelled to just sign it Mm -hmm. but you need to revise it you need to make sure that it lines up with the things that you need out of the deal and um yeah definitely if you you have a a business relationship with a friend you should establish that from from day one like okay we have a business relationship but these are the requirements for us to move forward in this transaction and um if those requirements aren't met, then the contract is null and void and right. you move on. But um, you can't really do that unless you have it in writing. So my experience with contracts is so brand new. I mean, after being laid off publicly, the whole freaking world knew about the Daily News laying off 93 and counting people. I understand they the New York Post is calling the death toll at 103 now. They're so <laughs> damn <toll>. mean. <laughs> Did they really use death toll to describe this? It's a toll now. They didn't (laughs) use the word death, I don't recall. I'm not quoting the word death, but they definitely said the toll Mm -hmm. is at 103 people. Dang. I mean, I'm giggling about it now. It's been a month of healing from Mm -hmm. this foolishness. But it's been my, at least for me personally, it's been a very well overdue time off. Mm -hmm. And so now um, transitioning into this freelance world, I've been given um, contracts to read to see like how I should be somewhat of a sometimes employee with certain companies and you know with anything I will always suggest reading it before you sign it yes last week uh, for a quick reading before you sign anything last week I was in summons court Mm-hmm. And they they hand you a document where it essentially tells you that the person who is presiding over your case is not a supreme or criminal court judge that's acting at the time. It's a person who is retired and who's you know overseeing cases part time, but they'll still rule in your favor or not in your favor based on the criminal act that you were given the summons for. So people were getting this document and they're just signing it and handing it back. I read it and I was like, I don't understand what I'm reading here because they were trying to say that you waive your right to actually take the case to a criminal court um, hearing. You have to if you sign it, you're, you're agreeing to have this person who is not an acting judge rule in your in your case. Mm-hmm. And I asked the question and the court officer blatantly was like. No, nobody read this thing. They just, <laughs> they just sign it and hand it back in. You'll be okay. You're not signing your life away. I said, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure right. I'm not signing something mm-hmm. where it's not going to be something that I'm going to agree to in the long run. And then you tell me, well, you signed that waiver. Yeah. So the same thing with 
freelance contracts, you have to read it to say whether it's okay, you can't pitch that story to another publication after X amount of days. You might have to finagle it. Mm-hmm. They might tell you you're going to be paid based on this amount of time. You're going to have to negotiate that. Mm-hmm. Contracts are made to be not broken, but to be negotiated before you actually agree to it. Right. So I appreciated your article for many reasons. Mm-hmm. As a new person jumping into this whole freelance world, contracts can be scary. Yeah. I mean, there's different forms of contracts, not just for work. There's contracts when it comes to life as well. Yeah, when you buy a car, when you, oh, you know, girl. sign for a loan, oh. buy a house, everything is Get married. You know, very intense. <laughs> and I feel that we are not, like, a lot of us, like, for me, I want a house. Mm-hmm. But I know when I get there, when I get to that point, I, I'm going to have to sign a contract, you know. And I need to make sure I read that contract thoroughly, me and my lawyer, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think... Um, when we enter adulthood, we need to just make that a part of our just like, you know, cognizance. We just need to keep it, you know, at the forefront and realize it's just a part of life and you need to take those things seriously. I ain't gonna lie. When I was at my closing meeting, which you are signing, I can't even tell you how many pages. <laughs> it took an hour and a half to sign, to sign everything. everything and a oh, lot of it was repetitive mm-hmm. to the point where I don't want to read no more <laughs> you know I had to have my lawyer tell me exactly what I'm looking at because mm-hmm. I just couldn't stand reading all the little tiny print yeah. and it's all saying the same thing but they just move the comma from here to over there mm-hmm. and they they remove this paragraph from this page and put it over there I mean it was like reading you know when you get a new addition to a textbook and mm-hmm. it's only like two pages added and you got to pay a whole nother hundred for the oh new edition. Lord. It's the same foolishness. That's how I felt when I purchased the car. It oh. was just... I, I, well, I my first car I got when I graduated from college, and I think I was so excited, I really didn't care. I was just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But this car, it was out of necessity, and when I had to do the contracts, I was just like, okay. <laughs> it, did, it did take forever, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's so true. I mean, that's something you got to prepare for. It's a part of adulthood, and we got to just do it. Yeah, just don't sign your life away. That's yeah. what we're trying to say. That's right. So mm-hmm. I hope you guys read that article. Yes. Um, but moving on, mm-hmm. um, we want to talk about something that's, again, going back to something that's super personal to us. And I don't think we really spent a lot of time discussing this with you guys because it's just been a whirlwind but we want to talk about how you can leverage um being laid off to your advantage Mm -hmm. um for us I actually got laid off during a time where there were other people around me at different companies who got laid off but they handled their layoff differently and I think um a lot of times people have this shame when it comes to being laid off they feel like oh is this something I did or you know they they just feel guilty about it and even though they know it's beyond their control it's not anything personal it's just business but they kind of feel a guilt and a shame you know and um I took the approach of just telling the world, you know, when I got laid off, I I just, I put it on Instagram the same day, you know, Mm -hmm. people were just like, wow, I love your attitude. You're really positive (laughs) about this. And I was like, yes, I'm finally getting my freedom. I'm able to move on and pursue other things. And again, I knew it was beyond my control. And I know that I'm just a very like spiritual person I'm very in tune with the universe and I know that I'm going to bounce back mm-hmm. and that's what the universe has been telling me um but yeah how do you think people should leverage a layoff in their favor like w- w- what has been your experience I know you've 
gotten all of these great freelance opportunities. But why do you think those opportunities came your way? I think because, well, let's back it up. We are, we are in the media business. We're journalists. So our face, our name, our contact information is out there for the world to see. So when we got laid off, it was known to the world through other media organizations before I think most people even knew that they were on the list of 93 people at the time. So even walking out of our building with our yellow folders and we're supposed to be shamed because we were led like cattle to slaughter (laughs) and we weren't even like given a reason why we were laid off because again like you said it was business as usual for these people we were just numbers and um you know just going through that that shame and then it being publicized and everybody knew about it I mean my phone was blowing up my twitter was blowing up my facebook was blowing up everywhere somebody can contact me through email I was getting contacted and as much as I appreciated the warm wishes from my sources and the people that I worked with over the years of you're going to be okay and don't worry about it and you know at that moment and at that time I'm looking at this as like damn I'm a minority I'm African-American I'm a female and I'm in an industry where In the 12 years that I've been a part of it, I am always the only black girl doing fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And I knew at that moment, in my mind, I'm going to have a hard time finding a job Mm -hmm. going forward because my colleagues around me got the privilege of just having a friend who was a sorority or fraternity brother or sister. And, you know, they went to college with so-and-so's Um, president's daughter or their, you know, the connections that I have through my personal organizations, NABJ, NYABJ, are wonderful. But for some reason, getting through an HR manager just to get to the other persons that are actually considering to hire you is for some reason so difficult like you can get your foot through the door and they'll put you through several interviews Mm -hmm. and then you don't get the job and you don't even know why and then you find out who got the job and it's like oh she's the daughter of fill in the blank nepotism is in every industry I understand that but I don't I didn't get this position through nepotism I I had applied for a job on career builder to be an editorial assistant which then turned into what was described as a gopher position go for this go for that picking up paperwork picking up the laundry for the editor-in-chief you know running errands and then I had to prove myself that I'm not here to do your legwork I'm here to be a reporter like I went to school for journalism I had to prove myself and work my way up the ladder to where I'm at right now and a lot of people who know my journey respect me and they'll be like you know I've I've gotten notifications where they're like well if you're not covering Brooklyn I'm not gonna know what's going on in Brooklyn you know it wasn't until recently when I started getting back into freelancing that now the stories are coming out of Brooklyn or I've been giving tips to other organizations about things happening in different parts of the city Now people have been hitting me up and like, oh, thank God you're back. Now I know what's going to be happening in my backyard because these organizations that kicked us to the curb are lacking local journalism coverage. So the thirst for real journalists who care about the community as much as I do is why I think that I was able to even land any type of freelancer positions in my 
I my clout with this field because I tell me you can't tell me nothing about criminal justice reporting. <laughs> you can't tell me nothing about the wrongful conviction community. You can't tell me nothing about social justice. I I really toot my horn for being that person that's a spokesperson to get those stories out there for the world to know that things are not right and it needs to be wrong. Mm-hmm. So I think my career and my experience spoke volumes and that's why I was able to embrace every person that came to me and said, hey, here's an um, email address for so-and-so, reach out to this person or hey, I, I referenced you, send me your resume. I think every person out there who's listening, who has been the person behind a lot of the forwarding of the resume, putting me in contact through email, e introducing me to several people, putting me on three-way conversations. I appreciate every single person because I didn't realize who was watching me all these years. You know, so that's why I think I've been able to embrace this layoff as well as understanding that I can lay back a little bit. Yeah. And just relax a little bit. And I'll go full force eventually, uh-huh. you know, on my time at this point. So I thank you, <laughs> New York Daily News, a.k.a. Trunk, which I think <laughs> is turning back into Tribune, Tribune. anyway, because yeah. y'all so damn confused, uh-huh. you know, because let's not forget their statement. It said that they cared about local news and covering criminal justice. Then how the hell are you going to fire three of your criminal justice reporters? <laughs> just dumb. That's how I knew it wasn't personal. Right. And, and and going back to what you were saying about your clout, um, I think if there's any jewels you can take away from this is to take your career seriously and make sure that you are really kicking ass. Make sure you're going out there and you're putting your best foot forward with everything because your reputation travels and um, it can work in your favor. It can definitely help you out. And um, I think that I was in a process, I think I'm going to eventually write this, about planning for your exit. We should all be focused on that next step. I don't care how sweet the spot is for you, how good the salary is. You just never know what could happen. And that means making sure that you have, you know, um, these achievements, you know, that you can actually list and name and you have people that can actually vouch for you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of us, you know, we just go to work today, you know, go to work for a check. Mm-hmm. We don't think about that, but you should definitely always keep that next step. You know, what is the next thing you could see yourself doing? How do you get into that space? Is there, how do you network? How do you get there? Um, you know, learn from us and, and just take that with you and focus on focus on what's next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah. yeah. So if anybody out there is, you know, going through something similar, please feel free to hit us up. Y'all can hit us up on Twitter at 32 letter or on Instagram or wherever. Um, but moving on to the next topic, which mm-hmm. did just just landed in my lap when I went on Twitter today on the Twitters. Yes. Um <laughs> Netflix has hired um, a woman named Verna Myers as the head of inclusion strategy. What does that mean? So before we even get into the meaning, Miss Verna Myers is a black woman Mm -hmm. and um, she is leading this whole inclusion effort at Netflix. And this comes after um, their PR chief. Uh, was overheard using the n-word in a meeting um like, multiple when you, times when does that even come up in the yeah, meeting like exactly. i don't understand that exactly and th- this seems to be a trend Jesus. because um with 
Papa John's, the CEO of Papa John's has basically stepped down from leading his company. And because of, you know, the whole diversity issue there and how he felt about the NFL and the protests and Mm -hmm. it was a backlash there. And what Papa John's did was hire this company called Endeavor and the company um, hired um, Bozama St. John to be their leader in, in, in marketing. And they, the first, um, first project she has to work on is with Papa John's. Mm -hmm. So are these big companies, um, using black women as like captain save hoes or or tokens? Like what's going on? We are always saving the world. We are always saving the world. And it's so obvious at this point. It's like, this is not even smart. Like, if, if you yes y'all need to employ more black women at the top that's important but don't do it when you're in a crisis because huh. they did it with uber too with her yeah you know and it's like we're just being thrown in and it's like it's not a genuine effort you are really not trying to bridge that gap you're just trying to save face and keep your dollars flowing in yeah i mean and these are three examples in one year so when you had said it i was like didn't that happen already because it sounds like the same song and dance these companies are doing What's Mm -hmm. up with that? Right. What is up with that? Right. So, I mean, I'm not going to discredit this woman. I'm pretty sure she knows what she's doing or whatever. Um, But but we need to be a little we need to hold these companies accountable as people who, you know, use these services. We're being charged twenty dollars or so every month from Netflix or whoever. Mm -hmm. And Papa John's. I mean, I don't buy Papa John's pizza because I never really liked it. Mm -mm. (laughs) But, you know, if, if you're like. Um, using these companies, then we need to hold them accountable, you know? And I feel like even when they make these hires, we still need to hold them accountable. We still need to call them out on their stuff. But what does that mean these days? I mean, you can protest outside of the headquarters and make noise for a couple of days. But you know what these companies are saying up in their boardrooms in front of that long desk? They're like... Let them go ahead and make that noise for a little bit. They're going to get over and buy our pizza when we have a sale for two, for five on Tuesdays. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand our community. Like, we get so riled up so quickly. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's this whole social media generation because things happen so fast. It happens. You're hype on it. It's a great hashtag. Then all of a sudden it's gone. You know, like, if you don't get up on the hype of the bar right now, you're going to lose the audience attention Mm -hmm. because you decided to wait two days to answer to whatever the emotion is at that time. So when you say hold accountable these companies, what does that really mean? For me, holding companies, like I'm, I will protest with my money. I've done it. I've done it plenty of times. If I feel like a company is not, you know, their values don't align with me, mm-hmm. I, I will withhold my money and I'll go. Um, I mean, that's kind of what I did with Papa John's. Like, I, I don't allow Papa John's in my house, you know, not that I have anything, you know, to really like. I mean, it's just pizza. Mm-hmm. But still, I can go to Domino's or I can go to Pizza Hut or I can go to my local pizza shop. And that's really what I did this year. I, I really just cut Papa John's off completely. And um the same thing with, with Starbucks. And I know a lot of people, you know, there's been a lot of issues with these big companies. And I think we are pushing the needle forward as far as making our issues heard, you know, but there's still a lot of work to do. And, um, you know, they can't just hire somebody and think all the problems are going to go away. No, we want to see the proof. We want to see that you are actually working to diversify your workforce. Hmm. We want to see that you're uh, promoting people of color 
color that deserve it. Like we want to see that. And I think that's, that's pretty much what being held accountable is. And I mean, we, we as consumers, we need to, we're we're making investments into these companies. We're giving them money, you know? So yeah, our, our values and our thoughts and our feelings about these issues matter and they count. I mean, you know, as consumers, we have to unfortunately do another step because although you may protest one company like Papa John's, you have to then look into who owns Papa John's, like who's the corporation behind Papa John's and who do they also represent? Because now you got to look at those people as an entity. Mm -hmm. And then now you got to go and realize, Oh, and I'm not sure if this is true. I'm just making it as the example. You got to see if the people who own Papa John's, do they also own Domino's on the low? That's so true. Oh my God. There was a story like that too. Really? It was some company that was tied to another company and it was just like it was a catch twenty two. And you know everybody. what made me open my eyes about that? It was when John Oliver did a segment about the Sinclair Company. Mm-hmm. That's a media company that owns several, TV several stations. TV stations throughout the country. Mm-hmm. And when they pulled the newsreels of this one particular speech that was related to the the um, presidency, and then he put like a it was a mashup of all of these anchors repeating the same script it was propaganda yeah it was propaganda it was like it was total um hitler days it was total you know communism like really and now you're like well i'm not gonna watch channel five because i'm just saying channel five out of generalization because they're owned by sinclair but guess what you go and turn to the next station they own them too Mm. so you have to now do a lot of research right. to find out how will my dollars really truly affect this company and their presidents. That's why it's so important for us to support independent businesses. Mm-hmm. There's so much. Yes, we watch TV because it's entertaining and it's informative, but there are so many different mediums. You know, people have. I mean, you have local journalism, you have small papers, you have small news stations, you have people with YouTube. There's just so many different channels that you can go to for this information. And honestly, I do not, I don't watch TV. My TV stays on kid channels, Mm. you know, and I mean... Unless the world is on fire, I already know it's just another news day. You know, I don't really need to turn on CNN to see something I can see in a tweet. So, you know, it's all about how you, you know, use these things. Yeah. I mean, social media is the news source for a lot of people. But then again... Facebook is controlling what they want you to right. see. You Facebook, know, it's, just, it's, it's all it's all uh, a matrix. It really is. It and is. the thing about Twitter that I do love, though, is you know, as we've seen over the past few years, is that people are now becoming the reporters. You know, when they see a shooting in their neighborhood, a police shooting or something like that, they're going to Twitter and they're putting it out there, and they they are forcing these media companies to pay attention to it. So that's the one good thing I like how we do have control over Twitter. Twitter isn't totally like Facebook now. So, you know, that that's the one good thing. Hmm. Wow. But Facebook, oh man, Facebook Ugh. has so much work to do as a media company. They don't want to call themselves a media company, but they are. Hmm. So Yes, they are. You know. They gotta embrace that at some point. Exactly. I mean, they are really controlling minds and it's it's scary. It's yeah. really, really scary. But um, you know, we'll see what where this Netflix thing goes and you know, I wish this woman the best and i hope that you know they actually 
um, take her recommendations into consideration and, and apply them. You know, mm-hmm. I see Netflix has this strong black lead um, thing that they've been doing with these roundtable talks and just all of these different initiatives. And, you know, I just I just hope it's all coming from a genuine place, you yeah. know, that they really, really, um, you know, recognize and support black culture. You know, that that's key. So. So one thing that I would like to close out on is as we're approaching September, it is also primary season in many states across the country. Please, please, please pay attention to your local elections. I have been shouting this on Twitter for years. It is so important for people who are registered to vote. And if you're not registered to vote, please register to vote. Please pay attention to your local elections, because guess what? If you don't pay attention to who's on your judgeship panels, who are the people who are running your local community um, assembly persons, senators, governors, you know, mayors, like these are things you have to pay attention to because you'll be all upset about, oh, my God, I can't believe they locked up Pookie and them. But guess (laughs) what? Were you there at the polls to make sure that judge fill in the blank did not get into office because he's been known publicly to be a racist right did you know that i mean that's why it's so important for you to pay attention to local journalists pay attention to your local media go to your community board meetings please like you have to take care of home before you're ready to send off your dollars to UNICEF. I'm sorry. Right, right. Like, seriously, you have to pay attention because... Because it affects you. It it's affects your community. You, you want to know why them damn potholes ain't getting filled? You got to talk to the person who's representing your city council, who's representing your assembly. You know, there's so many different positions out there that average everyday people are actually winning these positions and you know how and you know why because people are not paying attention to who they are so all they got to do is get like what three thousand people to maybe vote for them and then they're in the position and then they control what's going on right around your corner that stop sign at the corner put up there or not you know like People aren't thinking about these things, but they right. want to be all upset. Exactly. So I encourage people, please, please yes. pay attention to your local elections. And if you are registered Democrat, Republican, conservative, you are able to vote in the primaries. If you aren't, you can't vote in the primaries, but you can vote for um, the in the general election in November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important, guys. I mean, this is such a crucial time. Um, There's just we don't need to get into where this country is headed. We are all woke and aware. But, um, yeah, definitely take these things seriously. I always vote. And it's, you know, it's just important. It's important for us. And I I just, you know, I just want to reiterate that. But, um, yeah, so that is another episode. Finally, number 10. Yes, we are wrapping this up. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye.